0: You're listening to the 10 Bagger Podcast, presented by The Daily Gold. Join us as we uncover tomorrow's 10 baggers today. And now here's your host, Jordan Royburn.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the 10 Bagger Podcast. Today this is episode number nine. And I'm speaking with a friend of mine. He's Mike Swanson. He's a publisher of Wall Street Window. That's at WallStreetWindow.com. And uh, Mike, as we get started, um, maybe you could talk about the history of your website and your business and uh, how you first got into gold in the bull market early in the 2000s.
0: Yeah, that and I'm going to link that Uh, To the idea of finding 10 baggers It might be a little bit different than What some of your other guests Will say that are actually more Knowledgeable than me (laughs) In specific mining and stocks And the industry as a whole Not that I don't own mining stocks But they just have a different uh, Insider type knowledge Than I do Um, Because I have become More of a macro Investor uh, when I started out was in the '90s, and I was trading internet stocks, individual internet stocks, and primarily using pure charts uh, and technical analysis, which I know you, you're an expert in. But back then, I knew and believed uh, that internet stocks were going to be a bubble, and you know, would one day crash. So I didn't believe in their fundamentals, not the ones that I was buying, but you could buy stocks in. 1999 that you know would go up 30 percent a day it was just insanity but back then um well as far as myself i i um started a website uh called swing trading online that was about stock picks uh in 99 and then in 2000 i changed it eventually into wall street window and i also ran a hedge fund for a couple years uh, from 2003 to 2006. Um, and after that internet bubble topped out, I first got into mining stocks in 2002 because um, you know, they were starting a new bull market. And, uh, and and ever since then, I've been very active in them one way or the other. Um, and I'm a believer right now that they're in a similar spot as they were in uh, 2003. But when I first got into this in the 90s, the trading, investing world back then, the idea of picking out individual stocks uh, was everywhere, in magazines uh, uh, on television, uh, and there was a book uh, called Peter Lin- by Peter Lynch called One Up on Wall Street, and he had, uh, I think he Coined the phrase 10 bagger, if I'm I'm correct, but in that book, he had a couple criteria for picking out the best stocks. Uh, And he was looking for growth stocks that were priced cheap. And the primary metric he was using or advocating was something called the peg ratio. It's basically uh, the five years estimated. Growth divided by price and, and below 0.5, you said was cheap and had the potential to go up incredible. And once it got to one, it was fully valued. And two or three, it's you know a, a bubble basically. Um, so th- these concepts are popular back then, and this is a huge best selling book. But we're in a different environment uh, today for two reasons. One, um, the individual investor, the, 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 for the most part, that's actively trading, um, they're using exchange-traded funds. They, a lot of them don't even care about picking out stocks. And then a lot of them are using apps uh, in which they have very minimal information and are simply reacting, reacting to price movements. And uh, I, I think, in a way, these things have created a lot of dumb money in the market where people aren't really doing much analysis in, in what they're doing and much less in the stocks that they're picking out. But the other thing about the idea of, of the Peter Lynch of let's find growth stocks cheap is that the U.S. stock market is more than fully valued. So it's very difficult to find stocks with low peg ratios uh, at all, uh, for the most part. And in the mining world, um, some of the stocks that go up the most don't even have earnings. They're junior mining stocks or uh, exploration stocks that are developing an asset, um, and it's the future potential that – makes them go up and discoveries not you know they got cheaper earnings growth necessarily that you can you know predict exactly what it's going to be so all that said uh, kind of what I was thinking about knowing I was going to talk with you is tell you what i found to be the best stocks the, the ones that are 10 baggers and link this to the mining world, but it's basically not stocks that necessarily got low peg ratios or even you know earnings growth predictions to them. Um, it's stocks that are fundamentally cheap at the right time. So, for example, it's a sector that has been in a bear market for a very long time, and that's created a cheap valuations on the P ratio, book price to book, whatever, high dividends, even if it's the right sector. And if you can get in there <laughs> while it's turning or early in a bull market, then you have the potential to get huge returns. Um, and it, that's the difficulty in that is if you try to buy in a bear market before it's over with, you can get uh, your face slammed into the wall. But if you truly buy something cheap at the beginning, you're going to get great value at values. And that to me, that's what the real tin baggers are that, that work out They're They're great values when you buy them at the right price at the right time. Now at the moment, um, well the way I first got into the mining world and, and the 10-bagger the stock in the mining world that I uh, really recall first you know first got into was in 2002, gold was under $300 an ounce. And people were had, had been bearish on it for years, even though in 2000 it bottomed out and the mining stocks bottomed out. They all went sideways for, for two years with $300 as resistance. And... After the 9-11 attack, uh, the stock market rallied, uh, and then it rolled over and was declining a little bit. And I I, knew, I had no thought about the mining stocks at all, but this partner I had at the time, trading partner, that we eventually ran this hedge fund together, he called me one week. I was sick, laying in bed, and said, you got to look at the mining stocks. And this guy was just a pure chartist. That's it. And what happened was, they the sector was holding up while the stock market was declining a little, and had formed an incredible base to break out of. And so we loaded the boat on these on these mining stocks. And I actually met uh, in a chat room a friend of mine now that it's also one of your friends, David Skarica, and because I. I at the time, the stock market was bearish, and I, you know, this was like the best looking thing, and it looked like something that was going to go up for years, which it did. So through Dave, I went to mining conferences and and uh, got to know the industry and, and so forth. And at one of these first events, if not the first event I went to, maybe the first time I ever met Dave, uh, but it was that year. And again, gold was under three hundred dollars an ounce. Uh, there was a guy that had a booth at one of these shows called Stan Barty, and he was had a stock uh, a company he was CEO of called Desert Sun Mining. It was trading at fifty cents, and I bought that stock. I can't remember if I paid fifty cents for it or a dollar, but sometime that year I, I did buy the stock, and it ended up going uh, to ten dollars. Uh, so it may have been a 15 or 20 bagger for me, but it got bought out by Yamina gold and and it had, it it had a producing property that it was able to explore and, and, uh, prove up that it had more, you know, ounces and more economic viability and and so forth. So it got bought out for $10 a share. That's, that was a 10 bagger, but I didn't really know it was going to be a 10 bagger. I, I didn't. You know, um, and, and Barty said some interesting stuff to me, I'll, I'll tell you about in a few minutes. But uh, what the, the moment, though, to me, uh, the reason this all worked out and became a 10 bagger and a lot of these mining stocks back then were 50 cents. Uh, uh, Yamano was under a dollar. I bought it. Uh, and, and so was um, EGO. Uh, there was a company called uh, – uh, not Silver Wheaton, but the original Wheaton was a huge stock back then. Uh, so there are a lot of stocks back then. In 2002, there were 50 cents or a dollar that became 10 baggers. Desert Sun Mining was was the, the best one for me. But what I want to suggest is that the, what was happening was that the sector had been – bear market for several years had formed a base with gold under $300 an ounce and then broke out. And this, so I was in the at a place where the prices were cheap because of a horrible bear market. The timing was right. And the funny thing is at that time in that first quarter of 2002, even though I was talking with Dave and he was bullish on gold, most people in the mining world were not. Uh, we At this conference I went to, I would talk to people attending, and, and they – because they had been beaten up so bad by that bear market, uh, there's very little confidence that that $300 level would be broken by these people. And, of course, it eventually was. Um, and there are some experts, so to speak, uh, Elliott Wave people, that once it did break 300 kept saying it was fake and it would crash and it had to go to 220 or some ridiculous – Prediction they had that had to happen before it could go up for real. They thought, which they were wrong, obviously. What I want to suggest is that today, um, last year gold broke through thirteen fifty. I believe that thirteen fifty level is equivalent to that three hundred level in two thousand two. Thirteen fifty has been resistance now for over, or was for about four years on gold. We broke it, and now you know we're about two hundred dollars above that level. But the prices are still low. Uh, there's still a lot of value in the sector as a whole. So to give an example, the average junior mining or exploration stock, these Vancouver penny stocks, throughout all the time I've been looking at these things up until 2012 when that Last bear market began. The average uh, exploration company would have a market cap of twenty five million dollars. Now, you know I can find a lot of them with market caps of five million, three million, two million, and I monitor the press releases. And sometimes they are uh, raising money in a private placement, and anyone can look at these watch this and say, oh, here's a private placement for a stock with a 3 million market cap uh, or even a 2 million or 2.5 million market cap, I can buy that. And if the metals market continues higher, which I fully expect it will over the next few years, if not this next decade, those are stocks that could easily be 10 baggers. It's not because of any sort of special insider knowledge or anything like that uh it's just where we are in the market
1: yeah i mean th- there's a couple takeaways from everything that you said i think number 1 you were talking about how um the, the the real best chance at finding 10 baggers just when you're looking at the stock market as a whole and not mining specifically is Basically, when they come out of a bear market, because as we know, at the bottom of a bear market, things are priced so, so cheaply. And then you get the turnaround. And, you know, that's how you get these massive rebounds that can turn into 10 baggers. And while you were saying that, I was thinking of the low in late 2015 or January 2016 um, if you look at even optionality plays, like what they were trading at versus you know the NPV of their project, if they had a study, what they were trading at versus the uh, price of gold on the ground. So what you were saying about the market as a whole, that's exactly what happened in 2016 to precious metals. Because in 2015, I mean, those valuations were, from all the work that I had done, they were the cheapest in about 90 years. So that, I mean, what happened in 2016, that's exactly what you were talking about, uh, what can happen after, you know, at, at the end of a bear market and going into a bull market. And secondly, I, you know, I, I think big picture macro wise, we're really in the 1960s. The similarities are really strong. However, we know that the gold price was fixed then. And if you look at how gold, if you look at the late nineties bear market, and then it had the, uh, you know, a couple years of bottoming, uh, uh, 99 to 2001. And then it recovered and had that six year breakout in 2003. As you said, that's very, very similar to what happened this time around with, you know, we had the long bear market and then it took really a couple years for the bottom to be confirmed. And then we had the six year breakout again, uh, this past year, this past summer. Um, so, so with all that said, Mike, um, so then, And and third, your point about you know these ultra low market caps. Uh, Tommy Humphreys, we did an interview with him, and he was saying the same thing. In a bull market, these companies with a a market cap of five or ten million, they can just go to fifty million for no reason at all, other than it's just a bull market and everybody wants in. So, um, I, I, I guess my next question would be um is is what how do you feel about finding 10 baggers are you looking at those real penny juniors that that the nano caps that that have like a five or ten million market cap and then you want to try and get into a placement or i mean is there a chance where you could find a junior that maybe has a little bit more value to it that could become a 10 bagger what What are your thoughts on on those possibilities well
0: what 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 i'm doing with it's kind of funny with most of my money I'm actually more conservative uh, I uh, I'm diversified in different sectors and, and so forth but if with the gold space um, what I have done with my investing is I have a long-term position that I'm not trading in or out of in big cap mining stocks the the newmonts the barracks and uh, so forth um, and and The funny thing about them, which, to go back to the 2002 thing, is that um, in 2002, those stocks, the the mining stock, the big cap mining stocks, really took off uh, for about eight months. And then they had a really violent correction. Um, And and during that first run in them, though, these juniors and, and exploration stocks really didn't do much. Um, and, and I think that is sort of repeated again in 2016, uh, that in 2015 and 2016, that moment you were talking about was very interesting because uh, the big caps at that very ninth inning end of that bear market, they were going down in these expiration juniors did not. They stopped going down in the fourth quarter of 2015 and and in 2016, a lot of them just doubled um, because they were just so super cheap. And the big caps, uh, since 2016, I would say, and, and going on to today, uh, I would say that they have done much better than the juniors as a whole. But again, this is what they did in 2002, with a few exceptions. I mean, there's some juniors that, such as Wallbridge, uh, uh, that, you know, gone up to a dollar from 10 cents and, 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 and so forth. Uh, there's a few, but as a whole, the sector is still very, very depressed. And yeah, it jumped, it did jump off from being valued at almost nothing in 2015, 2016, but there's really only been one leg up, and that was it for the entire small cap junior space exploration space um so to me i'm invested in these big caps i'm not trying to trade in or out i'm not even i'm not buying more either uh i mean if if i had no position i would so what am i buying uh to answer your question what am i looking at buying and the truth is i'm looking to buy the the ones people think are the most speculative uh, the 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 ones that are <laughs> three cents five cents to ten cents uh, that are just exploration stocks um, the thing with the the juniors that have production you got to be good at knowing which ones are the best companies which ones truly have the best properties i don't have that kind of knowledge you you you, you know people that do uh, and and you know i i I know people I talk to myself. So, what I think is the easiest way to make money is to find some of these smaller plays that are exploration that are priced very low, and something is going on with them where they're going to, you know, they're not just sitting there doing nothing. You know, a lot, a lot of these stocks, they are, or the companies are sitting there doing, still sitting there doing nothing because. The market is still depressed. They still have some difficulty, a lot of them, in raising money. It's not a hot space yet, but I think it will heat up. That's what, from again, that 2002 to 2012 time period, around 2003 or 2004, the small cap space started to heat up. And you can make money buying these things and getting that $5 market. What happens though once you reach that point is it becomes very difficult, uh, and I you know this probably we probably won't get here for another year or two, uh, but once most of these junior most of these uh, Vancouver stocks are twenty five million market cap, what will happen is if you try to just trade this charts, it becomes very difficult to admit, to to win uh, at it unless it's a uh, a producing company that's gonna, you know, come into production and grow earnings with multiple properties, or some company's gonna make a discovery. If some fundamental event happens, you can make money still. But just trading the charts randomly, I mean, on random stocks, very, very difficult to to uh, to make money. Once the market gets more valued than it is, but right now the valuations are still so low that you know I believe. You can buy stocks that are a nickel that will go up, um, you know, at least to 20 cents. And a lot of them will be 50 cents or higher, uh, even a dollar. I mean, it, and uh, it'll, it'll be really uh, interesting. So that's my main goal when it comes to this space personally is to do investments in a lot of these cheap stocks. I'm just watching the news wires and. And, in, in, you know, if something looks interesting, I start calling around, ask you, have you heard of this company? You know, ask people, have you heard of this management team? Do you know anything about these properties? Because, you know, a lot of people, I, I don't know. I know a couple, like, let's say groups out there that operate multiple companies or or, or start them up, but I don't know everyone, that's for sure. So I call around and, and find out, and that's the old saying, you know, the, the best ones of these stocks they got the right properties they got the right people but then they'll have a third thing uh and that's uh promotion so it's helpful if you get a stock that you know the people aren't just gonna you know the companies just don't sit there and think well we got a great company and that's all we need to do is raise money and do nothing they they got to get the word out on the stock they got to do interviews go to conferences um do something you know or else no one will you know it just helps a lot especially now when there's still very very little retail interest but i believe it'll come um to me this space is like the marijuana space was um over the past couple years where there are all these marijuana cannabis penny stocks that got a lot of attention of small traders those stocks for the most part of all collapsed and the think that plays over with but I, I believe in time those type of people will flock into into this space and that's really what will fuel uh the prices higher
1: so uh with all that said mike can you share a, a stock that you own that you think has 10 bagger potential
0: well um it's um kind of funny. I. I I mean, the one, the ones I own have already gone up. So I'm kind of looking for new, <laughs> new like, ones, you know, uh, Wal,
1: I know you had, you had, yeah, had and you were also in aftermath, which is not quite a 10 bagger yet, but is getting pretty close.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I got that. It almost is. I mean, I got in at six cents and it's gone, touched 50 cents. So that would become one. Uh but you know, over the next year or, or a couple years, um, uh, well, that, that, that maybe, maybe that's a good lesson in, in how this sort of works, too, uh, in the, or will happen with all these stocks, I believe. So Wallbridge – I mean, uh, Aftermath is a silver stock that has uh, two properties, and they haven't even started to drill on them yet. It's just a – it was a development stage company or blank check stock last year, and they raised money, bought the properties, got a new CEO – uh, this fall, and now they're going to get ready to start drilling. So just people, I guess, getting the word out on the stock has helped the stock go up to over $20 million in market cap. Uh, and what's going to have to happen now is the next stage of doing the drilling, getting you know, some positive results – That'll justify the market cap and, and drive the stock up, and you know, it's and so that's I guess what I'm trying to suggest and saying that is, I think all these most of these stocks are still dead. Um, frankly, the these junior and penny stocks are. You know, I, I looked through a couple hundred of them, and from September to now, a lot of them are barely even moving. Even ones that have done private placements aren't really taking off. A few of them, don't get me wrong. A few of them have, but most of them, you know, uh, aren't. So I'll give you, okay, here's a, I guess a ten bagger um, to give you an example. There's a stock called Gold Cliff Resources, GCN. It's ten cents, um, and they did a private. I don't own own any, but they did a private, a couple private placements last year, and the stock hasn't even really moved up yet. Um, and the market cap on that is, uh, well, eight, eighteen Canadian. Uh, so, you know, it, in my in my view, all these stocks should be worth twenty million U.S. or twenty five million, and, you know, on a fundamental basis, and they're still cheap. So, I think the stock. Should go up. It hasn't. It's not. It's barely even trading. It's done through 3,500 shares a day. But this is what almost the entire space looks like. You know, there's hundreds of stocks, like a couple hundred stock like this. Uh, so I believe they're, they're all over the next couple of years, likely to go up to that point where they get a 20 million, 25 million U- market cap in U.S. terms, and then it's going to be the ones that. Prove up results or have some real positive news that go up to a dollar or, or, you know, a hundred million market cap. So, you know, I think it's easy to get double baggers or ten or five times baggers, actually. The ten baggers, though, that's going to take promotion (laughs) and also companies with, you know, real results, the two, the combination of the two. And, and that's the trick. How do you find that? So, I mean, it's one thing just to buy random stocks, right? So how do you really find the ones that are truly going to be the best? And really the only thing you got to go on is, or I believe, see what you think, but I think the only thing you got to go on is the past history of what companies these people involved in the current stocks have been involved in in the past. So that aftermath silver, one thing – that drew me to that. Uh, it makes me optimistic that it can continue to go up over the next couple of years. Is the CEO Mike Williams had two companies that got bought out in the last cycles? Uh, you, you know, in a similar situation, you take over property and, you know, and not for situations such as you go to an investment conference, you go talk to these guys at a booth. And they've been running this company for 10, 15 years, and it's done nothing all that time. Uh, so you, you'll be able to go, I believe, you know, I've, I've saw that uh, in the past. You, you know, when the market's hot, the, there's, there'll be stocks out there that have been around forever, and the, the companies have never done anything, and they still got 25 million market caps, and, and then, you know, if you buy it, nothing happens. Because nothing's right. going to happen, <laughs> so, so that'll happen. We're not,
1: I don't think we're at that yeah, point that, yet. That, we'll that, be in a couple of years. That that sounds to be like the prospect generator stocks.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll it'll come. It'll it we'll get there. But the, even those stocks, I believe, can go up. You know, from absolutely. here, absolutely.
1: But but you were, one thing about aftermath um, is these two projects that uh, they acquired or are acquiring, and the, they're in the process of acquiring is. I mean, th- there was lots of silver there. So I really like that because th- if there's an asset there that has some past value or they have some kind of a resource, then you can at least anticipate, well, this could have a certain amount of value at you know X gold price or X silver price. I mean, I, that situation with Aftermath when it's market cap was in the basically nothing in the single digits and you have two projects at a medium grade of silver and have about 67 Million ounces of silver equivalent. It's pretty easy to do the math in your head to think, okay, well, if the market gets going, you know, this is going to be a twenty, thirty, forty million market cap pretty easily.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, but I, so, I, yeah, I, but yeah.
1: sorry to cut it. No, I like the criteria that you said, like looking at management. I would say, yeah, and they're what they've done in the past, and then I would add to that, look at the project. Like, is it a early? St- does it not have any drill holes? I mean, you might get lucky, and like, and it might be like aftermath where they actually have a project where it had some past, and it has some defined value, or you can define that value yourself. It's a lot easier that way. I mean, cause if yeah, that, that's a real, that's a real good point, like a brownfield uh, yeah. thing.
0: Yeah, actually, you're making me think about something I need to do uh, <laughs> today. But to, get, to give you an example, what you're talking about, or two examples, last year I got a list of, at some point, all the mining companies that, or found a list of them, of all the all these exploration stocks that are near production, and to be, and they weren't in production yet, so that would mean they've got you know high grade properties uh a couple million ounces of gold and so forth and some of, and a lot of them are still cheap they every most of them i was looking at still had market caps under 20 million dollars and and a few of them are doing private placements i should have should have bought them in hindsight but i need to i'm thinking to myself i gotta go get that list and keep my eye on them again but uh to flip it around though uh, today i scanned the uh Newswired I saw three mining companies announcing private placements all had market caps under five million dollars I'm thinking you know I'm doing this because I think I've you know this is a good time to start buying some of these but I looked looked at one of the companies and it said that uh, the property they're going to drill is some somewhere in the North America where there's a um, uh, logging properties, hundreds of acres for logging, and a logger saw a boulder that had some gold in it. So that they dis- they're calling that a discovery, and they're going to drill, drill for that. So, I'm like, is that really viable? I, you know, is that is that really make sense? Is that a good good uh, pro- you know good property? You know, uh, that sounds kind of crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, on that note, Mike, uh, we have to wrap it up here. We could talk all day about this, but uh, thanks so much for the info. Uh, I I really appreciate it. I appreciate the history, the origin of the 10-bagger story. And uh, before I let you go, please tell our listeners uh, your website and how they can follow your work.
0: Oh, sure. It's just uh, go to wallstreetwindow.com, and uh, you see blog posts on there. Not updated every single day so if you just go there and click the top blog post it's usually something i've written
1: okay thanks so much mike and i look forward to having you back uh in the future in the months ahead when we can talk more about 10 baggers for sure
0: talk about something we get into hopefully thank you for listening to the 10 bagger podcast presented by the daily gold For premium coverage of precious metals and the best junior mining companies, visit thedailygold.com forward slash premium.